This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Voy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey, everybody. It's Kevin Uruta here with Digital Marketing Fastlane. Today, I have a very special guest. Today, I have Alyssa and Vera. They both are from Flowium, which is a company that specializes in e-commerce email marketing. This is something really great for our listeners since here at Boy Media, we don't really do too much email marketing anymore. It's great to have two experts come on board to really tell us what's working. And they really specialize in this. They're one of the top companies out there. Very awesome to have these special guests on. Vera and Alyssa, I'd love for you to introduce yourselves. So we can start off with Vera. Go first. Thank you, Kevin. Well, I'm Vera, email marketing specialist, or actually me and Alyssa, we call ourselves email marketing nerds because we are. <laughs> we love email marketing. We know a lot about it. And we've been blessed to work with some of the brightest minds in the industry. And I'm so happy to be on this podcast. We have a lot of interesting and hopefully useful things to share. I'm Alisa, based in Boca Raton, Florida. Also an email marketing complete and total nerd. (laughs) My life is email marketing now these days. What Vera said, we love working for Flowium, especially because we get to focus primarily on e-commerce email marketing, which is a bit of a niche kind of area Mm -hmm. for a lot of marketing agencies to work in. feels like we have one up in the industry, which is cool. And we have a lot of good knowledge, solid foundation and what it takes to really uh, drive some revenue using some emails, which people more often than not, whenever I say, oh, I'm an email marketing, people are like, you're the spammer. (laughs) No. Definitely email marketing is for e-commerce. It's definitely not spamming. Helping people figure out what to do and sort of how you should be doing that. Topic of today, e-commerce email marketing. Maybe before we drive into some question, what are some tools of the trade that you guys are using these days that really helpful for the brands you work with, with email marketing for e-commerce companies? If you're talking about the platforms mm-hmm. that we are using, biggest one is Klaviyo. We love Klaviyo. We are not sponsored by Klaviyo or anything. It's just <laughs> such a great platform where you can get a lot of insights. You can collect a lot of data. The segmentation there is phenomenal. It really helps us to deliver the right message to the right person at the right time. It's like the motto of our company and Clavio is awesome. So that's like the biggest one. Of course, we are using like some smaller apps or some smaller third-party software, Uno for pop-ups. My favorite e-commerce platform would have to be Shopify. We have a few clients who work with Magento or WooCommerce, Mm -hmm. big commerce, some rarities like that. And it's kind of like, oh no. But when someone comes on and they're like, we're with Clavio, we have Shopify. I'm like, yes, this is the golden ticket. Shopify and Clavio, they integrate so, so well. And everything just flows a lot easier. And most things integrate with Clavio and Shopify. Like Vera was saying, there are tons of different little apps and platforms and add-ons that you can plug in there. So for referrals and reviews and loyalty programs, there's Swell, there's Smile.io, there's stamped IO, tons of things like that. And they all integrate well. So as long as things integrate well, we're happy to work with it. Before this Shopify, Klaviyo type of integration, there was definitely email marketing before for e-commerce. It was just really hard to get all that data into one platform. With Klaviyo, you can really make dynamic emails with products that you have, with the image Mm -hmm. that you have. Mm -hmm. It just makes stuff a lot easier. And before that, it was you had to just do that manually. So Klaviyo Mm -hmm. really came in and really made a game changer. It came out of nowhere. It feels like 
But yep. all this stuff is what they made. All that like issues that was kind of like annoying, they fixed it. It shows you even just product development, how these little issues really can help a product grow so fast. And almost everybody's talking about Clavio, a really great tool. And I think they're based out of Boston. They are based in Boston and they do have this like awesome conference every year, Boston Clavio. It's good for everyone, whether you're in email marketing or not. We love this platform. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about email deliverability. I'm not sure how you guys think about this or something like Clavio. Someone's doing, for example, we were talking before, like cold emailing. With cold emailing, there's like this whole steps you got to do. Your DKIM, your SPF, you have to be verified by the server. You have to be have all your records, MX records in the back end. But with something like Clavio, you don't really need to do this. A commerce store should be doing about to ensure email deliverability. Or is it just as easy as just sign up to Clavio and then send your emails out? This is such a loaded question. (laughs) It's definitely something that we come upon a lot with clients, especially as of recent. Email deliverability is something that most clients actually kind of underestimate how important it is. And it has to do with so many differing factors. It has to do with who you're sending to, how often you're sending to, whether you're sending enough. I actually spoke to a Clavio rep today and she was talking about how if you have a Clavio account and you're only sending automated emails through your flows and you're not sending any campaigns, it actually really, really hurts your deliverability and the health of your account, which is really interesting because it's kind of like that whole, you have to find the sweet spot between how many emails to send and how many to not send. If you're blasting people seven times a day and it's people who don't care and they're just sending you to spam constantly because they're annoyed with how many emails you're sending, that's hurting your deliverability. But in the same token, if you're not sending enough emails and you only appear once every four years, that's really going to crush you too. So interesting that you've mentioned that you have to be sending both flows and campaigns. To give you guys some background, for those of you who don't know, flows are basically automated sequences, abandonment cart, your welcome sequence and stuff like that. And campaigns, one-time emails that you're sending for 4th of July or Black Friday or your newsletter or something like that. And it's interesting that you've mentioned that you have to be sending both because something that we do at the beginning when we just start working with a client, when we just start working with a new account, there is such thing called the list warm-up process. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to warm up list before we start sending the campaign. So that's something that we recommend to do to all of the new accounts. So basically what you need to do, first you need to set up some high-performing flows like your abandonment card, welcome flow, or your exit intent flow. So the system notice and basically rewards you. They see that your emails have a good open rates. The system sees that your emails have good click-through rates. And this way you start building your reputation and only after having this flows live for like two or three days you can start sending the campaigns not the other way around i've seen this is like a popular mistake that a lot of people are doing we recommend to stay away from the campaigns and start with the flows but in the future yes both campaigns and flows are yeah super super important campaigns and flows are so important for getting it done with going back with this email deliverability, what do you guys think the content of email should be? Should it be just plain text? Is that a thing that people do in Clavio, Or is it like full of images and should you have a branded type of campaign? I'm just kind of curious to see how you guys think about it with clients and maybe should it be different between flows and campaigns? We are big believers in combining the two, text and the image. Moreover, when you are sending image-only emails, it can actually trigger some spam filters, especially 
publishers often use this image-only emails to deceive recipients, right? Be sure to introduce some kind of text in your emails. It can even be like alt text. Uh, maybe you can just create the hero image, the image base, and the rest can be text. If you're providing some kind of discount code, we recommend to do it in the text format because some people simply don't see the images on the screens at all. They like don't even receive this image-based email. I know you had experience in the past. One of my clients, they have a very particular font that they use, and it wasn't really found anywhere other than being able to be used in Photoshop to create images. All the images or all the emails that we send out are primarily mm -hmm. image-based. However, a lot of the emails that we have and like the automations and the flows that we have set up for them do include some kind of dynamic code because it provides a discount or like we include the person's first name or whatever it is. And so because of that, there are like very, very small tidbits of the email that are text. The footer is always text for that client. And then all their campaigns are strictly image-based. But again, the footer is always text. So there's a little bit of text. And then what our designer does as well is she always includes alternative text to back the images too. So the other thing that we do specifically for that client is we do have like a spam kind of test that we run. So we send the email through this checking software and then it lets us know what the spam rate is. As long as it's not anything under a nine, then we send it through because the deliverability will be okay. We have a really solid team who's very good at checking every single possible thing that could happen when it comes to sending very image heavy email. It's definitely not a best practice. It's just something that we got to make an exception for. <laughs> Slightly pickier clients or clients who are looking for a very specific aesthetic. It is something that you can work around if it pertains to your specific brand or it's something that you're like, no, I want all images in my emails and that's okay. You can do it, but you have to be really strategic about how you do it because if not, oh my gosh, you'll create a beautiful email that's super <laughs> on brand and then no one's going to get it and you're just going to have wasted tons of time on an email that doesn't work. How you style it in the email and how you balance it out is super, super crucial. There's strategy around all of that. What metric should an e-commerce owner be looking at as in like, what do you guys care about? Open rates, click-through rates? What consider success in campaign? How you guys measure that? And follow-up question to that. It's like, let's say you send a campaign out on Monday. Would you resend that same one again that week? Or do you send it once? So basically, just like you mentioned, inbox providers, they don't have access to your e-commerce data to see if someone has purchased from you or someone hasn't purchased from you, if you're a legit brand or not. So for email providers, Google, Yahoo, etc., the main thing is your open rates and click-through rates just mm -hmm. to make sure that you are a legit sender. Engagement is the main thing that you should be looking for. Engagement is defined as strictly as opening or clicking rates of your emails. Uh, this is why it's very important to include this, to analyze this open and click data when identifying your engaged contacts. And basically, the very minimum that you can do to make sure that you are not hurting your sender's reputation is to be sending your emails to your engaged segment on and there is a really easy way to do that in Clavio. You literally divide your list by people who are opening your emails and not. Say if someone hasn't opened an email from you within 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, you define this thing. What are the chances that they will open your next email? So by sending them, you're just hurting your open rates and click the rates. So that's why your main group that you will be engaging with is your engaged customers. Of course, you can be emailing to your unengaged segment as well, but 
that we don't recommend to bombarding those people with daily emails, even weekly emails. We mostly send them something maybe around the holidays or some big promotions they need to know. And the other thing to note about engagement as well is some e-commerce brand owners would complain more about this because usually when someone replies to an email, it's not a great thing (laughs) because it's usually a customer complaint. But if your customers are replying to your emails, that looks so good for your engagement and your deliverability. That gives you mega, mega brownie points. If you have customers, even if they're turning around and saying like, I hate you guys, you gave me a bad experience, blah, blah, blah. That reply to your email just boosts your deliverability rates and your engagement. It still looks good. The other thing that I think a lot of people don't really realize is like when you send out an email that's asking a question or asking customers to reply, they will reply. You will get (laughs) so many emails back and those kinds of emails back, again, are just going to help your deliverability and it's going to look so good for your engagement. Even though we do obviously want to earn money from emails, if you're receiving tons and tons of responses to some emails that you're sending out to your clients, you're never going to have an issue with your account because it shows that people are engaged and they're opening your emails. And not only are they opening or clicking through, but they're actually replying, which is huge. That's another thing to kind of note. My same client who has the very heavily image-based emails, he receives tons of replies to the emails. And sometimes he's kind of like, oh, people are replying so much. And I'm like, yeah, this is amazing news. It looks so good for your account. Trying to like shift how you think about it and getting people to reply to those emails is a great thing to have as well. Getting people to reply is something you should be doing and interact with your users. When you start getting a lot, it's like a hassle, but for your deliverability, it helps just your whole account. You need to think about it as a necessary thing you need to do. Second question is, let's say you send a campaign on Monday. Do you guys ever resend it to people that haven't opened or send it again? Is a strategy that maybe an e-commerce store should be thinking about? Just sort of like, what are your thoughts there when you guys work with brands? Something that I do, I basically go through my campaigns, see which one performed the best in terms of open rates and click-through rates. And that would be the campaign that I will resend. I don't usually do it within the week. Usually that's something that I do within the month or two months. So we are resending this campaign, but it will be resent only to people who either A, haven't received this campaign. So this might be your new customers or maybe were the people who were excluded the last time. So we are sending it to them. And we're also sending it to people who received it, but haven't opened. So there is this like way to check what campaign was open and whatnot. That's something that we are doing and it worked really well for my clients. I'm on the same page with Vera. It's not something that I typically do, but just primarily because I try to segment the campaigns that I send out for my clients as much as possible because I'm getting really granular with who the campaigns are going to. For me, it's like it's a one and done. For like the larger scale campaigns that do very, very well where I'm hitting anywhere between like 20 to 50K people and like half of them don't open the campaign or whatever it is. Uh, Yeah. Then it's like, okay, yeah, let's give it another go. If the campaign did well the first time around. The other thing that I've done a couple of times is I'll send a campaign to an engaged segment. And if the open rate is like through the roof, like over 45%, then I'm like, holy moly, this is a great campaign. And then what I'll do is I'll actually send it again, but to my unengaged segment to see if I can re-engage anybody just based on the popularity of the email for the previous segment, just to kind of see how that works. I've never had any epic failures where it's like, oh my gosh, 15% open rate, yikes. It's usually like when 
when I've done that in the past, I usually get it anywhere between like 23 to like 28% open rate, which is great for our standards and for Clavio standards. It's fantastic. So it's nice because you're kind of like re-engaging people on an email that you know is attention grabbing because it grabbed the attention so much with the engaged yeah, segment. I guess you should be really careful resending the campaign because if you are sending to someone who is not ready to hear from you, it can hurt your reputation if you are doing it regularly. That's a good strategy, but be careful. <laughs> Don't hurt your reputation. You have to really know that it's like a message worth resending. <laughs> Going back on like flows, what do you guys say are like the most important flows an e-commerce store owner should have? Obviously like add to cart is super important. How do you guys think about those as in when you're building them for brands? Is it like one email, two email? What's like the ideal setup that you guys have seen? That can be a long one, actually, because usually the very basic setup that we do, we call it life cycle. And it basically consists of nine-ish flows. It depends on your business, depends on the customers, of course. But the very, very basics everyone should have is your abandonment card. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but every fourth card is abandoned, 25% something. We can bring those people back to the store through the abandonment card. Businesses who don't have the abandonment card, they are basically leaving the money on the tables. Abandonment card one is the most essential probably. Your welcome flow is huge as well. The simplest thing you can do to start building your list is to add this little opt-in form at the bottom of your website where people can leave their emails so they can start getting some newsletters or welcome flow from you. So these are your probably most loyal fans because these are the people who come to your website. They scroll to the bottom. They do all the hassle just to hear back from you. Welcome flow is another important one. Lead nurturing flows are also important. So say if customers have purchased from you something within like three or four months, but they haven't come back to your website or they haven't opened your emails, you can send that win back sequence. And that's a very popular one as well. So Alyssa, what would you say are other important flows? Welcome well, flow is definitely <laughs> underrated. It's yeah. one of my favorites because you can make it really content heavy because you're basically Mm -hmm. just sell a potential customer without actually selling them the direct product, which is nice. And you're also in that phase of like developing the, the trust between you and the potential customer. So underrated flow. And I think it's my favorite. But two others that I would say are crucial are your post-purchase. So you definitely want to acknowledge when someone makes a purchase, especially the first time. And you also want to nurture that customer as much as possible. So you want to kind of coach them through that potential buyer's remorse that they might feel after they make the purchase. That's huge because everyone gets kind of in the hype of, oh my gosh, I need these jeans. They're $300. They're amazing. And then you buy them. And then like 24 hours later, you're like, okay, I need that $300 back, you know? And so you're more likely to place <laughs> that refund. But when you send out an email, that's pretty much perfectly timed. And it's like, hey, listen, we got you. Those $300 jeans are going to be so worth it when they arrive to your house, you know, that kind of thing. And then also within that post-purchase, rather, you have the opportunity to get that customer to buy again. And we all know that. Once you have a person who makes a purchase for the second time, the likelihood that they're now going to come back has just dramatically increased, which is great because you want to build these long-term customers who have a really high lifetime value for your brand. So that's the first one that I would say is like really, really important. And then another one that I love, but I wish that people would just kind of understand a little bit better is the browse abandonment flows. Browse abandonment, essentially for anyone who doesn't know, is you're on a website and then you're on a product page specifically, and then you leave that website. And then what happens is... Clavia will basically trigger the fact that you were browsing product and you abandoned it and they'll trigger an email where it's like, hey, you know, we saw you in the most uncreepy way possible. 
hey, we saw you checking out this product. Why don't you come back and take a look? Do you have any questions? Here's our team that you can talk to. Did you want to see it in another color? However it is that you want to shape and form that first email. I love this flow because it works so well and it really gets people and it catches people by surprise. Yeah, I was looking at that t-shirt. How did you know? And then you go back making the purchase. But the one caveat to this is it only works if the person already exists in Clavio as a Mm -hmm. subscriber to your account. So it won't work for someone who's a brand new customer who's never opted in or signed up or anything like that. And it also doesn't work if someone is a little kind of on the conspiracy theorist side of things where they're (laughs) clearing their cookies every 30 seconds. You know, it also won't work because Clavio won't be able to make that connection between your visit to the website and their platforms. It's a great one for when it works. When it works, it's amazing. I think the purchase rate is something like 78% on that first email, which is amazing. But... If cookies are cleared or that person doesn't exist in Clavio, it's completely irrelevant. It does nothing for you. It's great if you have a lot of people that are opting in constantly because you're building on that subscriber list, which is great. And then you can take advantage of browse abandonment. But for someone who's like just, just starting out and doesn't even have a list of subscribers yet, it's kind of a relevant one to have because you need to build that list before you can start activating the browse abandonment very much. Those I would say are the two that I like the most, but are probably a little more on like the advanced side of things like definitely abandonment cart and welcome flow are like the top two that you got to get set up as soon as you start your account with Clavios. Okay, is there something you got to do with Clavio to get that to work? Because like, I feel like it never fires for me. I have to have a look because there are some special filters that you have to include in the flow. And then you also just have to make sure that integration between Shopify and Clavio are working properly. Because if anything changes on your back end of the website and it doesn't flow into Clavio's brain, essentially, then it just doesn't work either. So it's kind of a finicky one, but when it's working, it's wonderful. It. The best performing flows for us yeah. after the abandonment and welcome. Something with integration, I thought I added sometime the verify installation tag. I forget that you also need to go to the Shopify theme, right? And add like mm-hmm. some code into yeah, the product. Tracking code that you need to install. See, if listeners are listening and you've never done that, you probably are missing part abandonment flow, <laughs> browse abandonment slow. Check out thing that you got to do. Let's say for an e-commerce owner, that's really going back. Now we're going with like a content of the email. I know we talked a little bit about images. How should content be, I guess, emails, should it be like long, short? Some would be taking like a course on copywriting for emails. Just general thoughts on that. There is no actually one size fits all when it comes to copy. I believe that email should be as long as short as you need them to be, as long as you are delivering the right message to the right person, right? In the industry, there is this like stigma that the email should be like simple and short. Keep it simple and strong, we call it. Keep it simple, sweet, (laughs) whatever is your vibe. Alyssa, maybe you can tell more about it. You've done research on this one. The number one thing that I always, always talk about when it comes to emails, but specifically copy is relevance. Mm -hmm. The email has to be relevant. So if you're just going to go on for like three pages long about stuff that people don't really care about, okay, it's probably not worth your while and you probably want to keep it to a couple of sentences. That's kind of the biggest thing. The other thing is that most people don't actually read emails the way that they do usually books or other print media like a newspaper or anything like that. Usually what they'll do is they'll kind of scan the text over and they'll just kind of go straight down the email and also ping pong from images. 
rather than reading every single word from left to right, what they'll do is they'll just kind of scan, they'll go over copy. If there's copy in images, then they'll kind of read through that. And they'll sort of follow like almost like an F pattern, if you can imagine it. A lot of it has to do with design. So you have to make sure that your copywriter and your designer are really in sync when it comes to how they're going to be doing these emails, because you could have a butt ton of copy. And I mean, a butt ton of copy, and it could look like you have zero copy in your email if your designer knows what they're doing. One way that they could do that is they could overlay text over images. They can include a ton of disclaimers at the bottom or whatever it is, or link to different blogs or parts of your website that are going to provide more copy. But a lot of it just has to do with people are more like, where's the shiny big button? I'm going to press it kind of thing. So if you have like a huge bright orange CTA, it's likely that people just kind of scan the email and be like, okay, whatever. And then click on that CTA. With the copy, it's like a lot of it has to do with the goal that you're trying to achieve with that email, but then also what your designer is going to do with all that copy. And the other thing that you have to remember is it's not just you in an inbox. It's tons of other emails. So you're competing with other people. You have to do everything you can to get that person's attention with that subject line. That's going to get them Mm -hmm. to open the email, first of all. And then you have to maintain their attention. If you can maintain their attention for longer than 10 seconds, you've won. You've won the email game. And then ultimately what you want to do is you want to get them to click on that CTA. So it has to have some kind of level of copy that's really attractive. So you don't have to be the best copywriter in the world in order to achieve really solid metrics on your emails. You just have to be the best copywriter in the world in certain parts of the email, which is the subject line, probably some kind of header in that email, and then also whatever your CTA is. There has to be urgency. You have to really encourage people to want to press that button. Because ultimately, when they press that button, you're probably taking them to your website or some kind of product page. And then at that point, the possibilities are endless. There are a lot of different things that are kind of in play, but ultimately, there are three or four parts of the email where the copy really, really matters. And if you can kind of hit those in the head, then you're good. You've got a good email. Basically, start with why in mind. What is your biggest thing? What is your call to action would be for this email? Because we do have campaigns like customer story and that type of emails, they can be as long as you need them to be. But always start with a why in mind. If you want them to go and purchase this specific t-shirt, maybe it's a good idea to put this block with a t-shirt somewhere at the top of the email and not buried down. That's basically the main idea. What makes someone click and what makes someone do something is going to be the offer. Mm-hmm. Is the thing that you're actually putting and promoting in the email going to be enticing enough to make someone right. want to click on it? Very simple. It goes back to saying like, oh, wow, it's actually a great offer. Let me buy it. Facebook ad or campaign. It's We can write all the copy we want. But if what you're selling or what you're promoting isn't good, no one's going to click. Just a few more questions. I'm learning a lot here. I hope the listeners are too. I'm asking you some hard questions. So sorry. This, I think this was more like relevant for like a lot of e-commerce owners. How much revenue should someone be getting from email? Is there a benchmark, a number that you should be thinking about? Or if they're not getting any revenue, is it means that they're just doing poor, bad emails or just emails don't work for them? Something that we try to achieve with our accounts and usually we are over that number, we are far ahead. So something that we promise to our clients, the minimum is that like 30% of your sales will be coming through email marketing. And that's like a good, good start. Some brands are doing like 5% of their revenue from emails, but 30% is like a good benchmark. And we usually try to do like 50 
15% from the flows and 15% from the campaign. So like 50-50 almost. But that's obviously the number that you want to have as high as possible because the return on investment on email marketing is amazing. Basically for every $1 that you invest in email marketing, you are getting $38 back on average. So it's one to 38. The more money you can make from emails, the better, but 30% is a good start. That's where we like to hang out anyways. And mm-hmm. just as a note, so the Clavio standard is 20%. Anything okay. under 20% is kind of like, oh, okay, let's look at what's going on. But anything over 20% and they're usually, they see that as a healthy revenue generating account. And the other thing to note is, is it's not always 50-50. One of my clients, it's something like 56% of their revenue comes from emails, which is incredible. But 7% comes from flows. And then the other 51% comes from campaigns. Mm -hmm. I think I said 58%, right? Something like that. Whatever the other portion (laughs) is, but a significant amount comes from the campaigns. And it's because they do their campaigns really, really well and they know who they're targeting. Whereas with the flows, it's more of just like backup income. It also kind of depends on the brand and like what they're good at, where they're going to be really working hard to make that revenue. Because you have some brands who are like, oh, I'll send a campaign out a month, mm-hmm. but their flows are hustling. Their flows are making like 30 to 35% of the email revenue, which is awesome. The kind of divvy between the two depends on like what you're trying to achieve and where you want to waste your energy on. Because the nice thing about flows, it's not quite like this, but it's a bit like set it and forget it. Don't forget it, obviously. Check it every couple months. But that's kind of the idea where you're not having to create a new idea every week. Whereas with the campaigns, unless you have something important to say every single week, it's unlikely that you'll be blasting your subscribers regularly. As you're building an email list, which is super important using pop-up or just regular card abandonment, should users be trimming their email list to save money? Obviously, like it gets super expensive once you start building a massive list. Is there any technique or anything around that that you guys think about or just sort of like just eat the cost essentially? I don't know if we should disclose this information <laughs> or not because that's big Clavio secret, but actually you are not paying, say you have 1 million subscribers on your list. You are not paying for 1 million subscribers on the list if you are only sending your campaigns 10 subscribers. So it all comes down to your engaged versus unengaged segment. Essentially, you are only paying for your engaged customers. And for the flows, no matter how many people are coming through your flows, as long as you have the basic Clavio account, you are good to go. So you only need to purchase is the subscription for 1 million subscribers if you plan to send the campaign to 1 million subscribers at a time. (laughs) So that's something that people don't realize. And list hygiene is super, super important. You should be regularly cleaning your list. You should be regularly like suppressing some of the unengaged customers who hasn't opened from you in 10 years. You don't need these people on the list. So this kind of people, they will be suppressed. In the eyes of Clavi, suppressed means inactive basically so these are your inactive accounts that doesn't mean though that if they purchase something from you from Shopify they will not get your email they will so they will still be receiving all of the transactional emails campaigns and the flows and all that good stuff that's something that they will not be getting until they decide
right to subscribe to get those emails again, the strategy that we are using. A lot of the collaborate emails are commercial emails, whereas receipts, all that transactional and people have to get them even if they unsubscribe. The last question I really have for you guys, what's like maybe the biggest mistake you see in accounts that e-commerce stores have when you take over? <laughs> so. I feel like I have a list of like 500 things. I'm trying to think of which one. <laughs> I guess the big one is to be blasting to your entire list just to yeah. make more money. So this is like a popular mistake that a lot of people are doing. If I have like 100 subscribers and I will send the message to 100 subscribers, even if five of them buy, how does it affect me? Well, it does. It affects your sender's reputation. You can end up in the spam box. People will not be able to see your emails. That's probably the biggest one, right, Alyssa? The other one that I've just seen recently on an account is really understanding your metrics before you set up flows. A new client that we just took on, they have tons of flows set up and they're unwilling to readjust the flows that they have set up, but the triggers and the filters are like completely wrong. So it's like just having like a really solid understanding of like what things mean in Klaviyo specifically when it comes to metrics, because a lot of things that you think they may mean one thing or trigger one thing will probably trigger and mean something else because Clavio is its own separate platform and functions with its own rules. Really understanding how those metrics work and then kind of understanding the impact of the emails that you're sending out automations wise. Because sometimes we have clients as well who kind of send multiple flows that kind of do the same thing all at mm -hmm. once. And it's really overwhelming for customers or subscribers to receive. Just making sure that you understand what you're trying to do and then you know what the right strategy is to get that thing to do what you want it to do. Auto specifically with the automations. Campaigns are straightforward, but the lack of segmentation when it comes to campaigns is like, we've had it shut down a few of our clients' accounts before where they're like, no, I'm blasting to 20,000 people and they blast. And then the next day, Clavio says, sorry, your account's locked. You can't use it anymore. And now you can't send emails for the next two weeks because you sent an email out to a ton of people mm -hmm. and your unsubscribe bounce and spam rates were through the roof because you sent to people who quite frankly don't want anything to do with your list. Like my church, when I was <laughs> I used to go to church, like back home in Ukraine, our priest was sending email from his <laughs> Gmail account to basically everyone in that oh church God. and there was like no way to unsubscribe can't unsubscribe from Can, church yeah. right we're trying to stay away from that blasting strategy Alisa, vera where can people go and find you guys connect with you guys connect you on linkedin twitter you know basically or even just maybe want to work with you guys Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can go to our website, flowium.com. That's where we hang out most of the time. <laughs> Type in Vera Sadlak in Facebook, in LinkedIn. I'm everywhere, basically. We have a community where people who are interested in more and have more questions can kind of hop on. So it's flowium.com slash community. If you go to that link, then you will basically be led to our community of other email marketing nerds, specifically with e-commerce and most probably to do with Clavio. It's a large community of different people from all over the world who have questions around how to set different flows up, questions around deliverability, questions around segmentation, anything you can think of. And everyone's very engaging. A lot of people from our team actually connect with people on there and we're answering questions regularly. It's great. It's a really good resource. And for anything else that you need, we also have a YouTube account as well under the name Floium. That's the channel name where we have 
literally a video on anything that you can think of how to set it up in Klaviyo. We have a video that goes through step-by-step how to set it up in Klaviyo. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, you're just starting out, you want to know more, you want to try setting up an abandonment cart flow, for example, there's a video on that YouTube channel that tells you how to set up an abandonment cart flow with all the triggers, the filters, everything that you can think of. One of the things that I think we both really appreciate about working for Floium and especially with the founder of the company is we do really well. We do really excellent work. We have a book of clients that we work with. We love what we do. But one of the things, because we're so passionate about what we want to do, our kind of hope and desire is to share as many of those resources with other people. So ultimately, we just want everyone to be as knowledgeable as we are around e-commerce, email marketing. We encourage people to utilize the resources as much as possible because they're super helpful and ultimately it just helps everyone win. Definitely Mm -hmm. check it out. You also have a podcast? How could we? (laughs) How could we forget we're on a podcast and we forgot we have a podcast? (laughs) It's called Email Einstein. Vera and I uh, co-host Every week we kind of pick a topic around e-commerce email marketing that we work, that we talk through and kind of do a bunch of research on. And we have hosts from time to time. We were able to host Kevin not too long ago on an episode, which was awesome. We got to talk with him about Chester Travel and everything. We have a lot of fun. (laughs) It's good. It's really good. Definitely check it out. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I learned a lot. And everybody else that's listening, please remember to like, subscribe to us on iTunes. It really helps out. Give us a five stars. You love the episode. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks so much, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.